We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack a Day podcast. It is the day we have long awaited. It is Draft Day, twenty twenty-two, and we are going to talk Green Bay Packers draft. Stuff. It is the Thursday edition of the Packaday Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jason Perrone of the Packaday Podcast, Game On Wisconsin, and the Quick Science Podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and the Packers Unrestricted YouTube show. Right there. Simple. <laughs> Simple and clean. Weather time. We got to start with the weather before we get to the draft. Everybody wants to get to it, so we'll do a quick weather recap. We're only going as far east as Mark Eckel on the Myrtle Beach side of South Carolina. How are we looking over there? Is it raining? Is it sunny? What's going on? It's beautiful. Um, sunny. Uh, just I've, I've been on the beach every every day this week, so it's been it's beautiful weather here. Seventy eight and sunny. All right, 78 and sunny. 78 is right in the wheelhouse there, too. That's nice. That is that is good stuff. And then we come over to the Dairyland State of Green Bay, Wisconsin. May not be as warm, Paul, but do we have sunshine? Uh, yeah, I suppose. So <laughs> the weekend, we got our two days of spring. It was in, like, the 60s, and it was beautiful. Uh, Tuesday was, like, 38, and there were flurries in the air. But it looks like the next handful of days or so, we're going to hit the 50s, which... It's still not where we want to be, you know, with May approaching, but we're progressing, I think. All right. Taking steps. Taking steps. Awesome. Well, 90s, low 90s to mid 90s, sunny here in Phoenix. So summer has arrived. It's not going to cool off. Yeah, it's not going to cool off again until I don't know. I don't know when, but uh, it's hot and it's sunny. And I can say that now and I don't have to feel bad about it because everybody's warming up eventually and we're getting there. Spring is in the air. And then, as always, our weekly chime in from Kamloops, Canada. Harry, he keeps it real simple, too. He wants us to get to the draft. So he said, again, over 50, <laughs> lots of clouds. High of 59, Ooh. low of 44. Weekend is looking nice and sunny as well. Thank you, Harry, as always. So without any further ado, the draft is a mere few hours from now. So we're going to do our full three-round mock draft. We're each going to take the role of the GM of one team. 
and go through <laughs> all of the first three rounds, picking each player. No, we're not going to do that at all. But we are going to talk about what we think and what's going on and what the latest and greatest is. And so, as always, the two hardest working men in the biz here with me on the show, writing away like crazy. Paul, it's good to have you back. We missed you last week, so we'll we'll start with you. I know you've written a ton on the draft, prospects, all of that kind of stuff. What is your opening statement slash headline heading into this draft? What are your initial thoughts as far as what the Packers are going to do and what you want them to do? Well, we'll start here. I think they're trading up from pick 22 to go and get a receiver. I just find it hard to believe that picks, which is the second most out of any team in this draft, that they're going to end having made 11 picks. Uh, wide receiver is a, a obviously a massive need for Green Bay. And we've seen, I know they haven't drafted a receiver in the first round, but we've seen or we've heard rumors that Gutekind's tried to do so in 2020. Supposedly he wanted Justin Jefferson, but couldn't make it happen. And then also wanted Brandon Hayuk that same year as well. So the the history, you know, assuming those reports are true, is there. Gudikin's aggressiveness in the draft. He's been at the helm for four drafts now, heading into his fifth. He's traded up within the top 100 five times. Three of those have occurred within the first round. So you put together Gudikin's aggressiveness. He's tried to move up for receivers in the past. It's obviously a massive need. And the Green Bay Packers have the draft capital, but draft capital to do so. So I think that that's the recipe. I mean, although I think I said that on Twitter, all the ingredients are there for them to do so. So that's, you know, like, as we like to do here, read the tea leaves. That's what, that's what my guess is for that 22nd pick. And you think they'll have all of that draft capital available after they've already, before the draft even starts, surprised us by training for DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, <laughs> Debo Samuel, and they're still going to have all those assets. Darren Waller, and they're still going to have all those assets. That is some very optimistic outlook for sure, Paul. One other thing I want to add, and uh, Mark actually brought this up when we were uh, before we started recording. Like this is a this is a deep roster. There's not you know this bevy of you know roster spots available, at least not high end ones. And so you have the opportunity to use some of those early round picks to get guys that can make impacts right away. That's obviously going to be more valuable for the Green Bay Packers who are in the Super Bowl window versus, you know, a team picking in the top 10 who's just trying to reload and needs as many fresh young faces as they can get on the roster. Yeah, that's a really good point. And that's a good, obviously, once again, good place to be. You don't want to have to plug a bunch of holes in the draft. We've seen that go poorly in the past. We've seen the Packers try to do that and not succeed. And that's the big thing about the draft too, is it's not always necessarily that they pick the wrong player. It's just that it's it's a crapshoot. There's there's a, a risk reward, and as surefire as some of these prospects are, you're going to see some of them fall into the second or third round that you never dreamed would come out of the first round. You're going to see some guys picked in the first that were mocked in the third or fourth round. Just from team to team, GM to GM, it varies. And Mark, I know you've seen a lot of that over the years. You covered the Eagles for many years, obviously, and so you probably saw all sorts of that stuff going on. You still have your scouts that you talk to, so... This has got to be kind of a, a fun fun day for you too to see it all culminate. Oh yeah, I've I've always been a, I, I'm one of the few writers that actually enjoyed uh, writing about the draft and 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 covering the draft. I I find the whole thing fascinating. I, if 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 I have a goal in sports in my sports life, that's something I w- I would love to do. Would and it wouldn't I don't even care what what team it is. I would love to sit in the draft room. 
mm-hmm. tonight in the draft. I, I would love so to fun. sit there. Like, Packers would, would be ideal, obviously, but I wouldn't even care. Put me with the mm-hmm. Houston Texans. I don't care. I would just love to see what actually goes on. I mean, I, I've had people tell me stories a lot, but it's something I would love to see firsthand, just being there and hear like, as the phone rings and they're trying to make trades. And this. And I just think I find the whole thing like kind of fun and fascinating. Um, but I, getting back to what the Packers, what I want, like I agree with Paul 100, percent in that I, I think they'll see. I I think they'll trade up as well, unless unless um, you know if some quarterbacks go sooner than they should, and maybe some offensive linemen start to go, and they'll they'll read the board if mm-hmm. if around pick 17, 18, there's still a few wide receivers there. Maybe they, they hold back, but if they see Wilson and Williams and so on, if they start to go, I think yeah, I think I think Gutenkus gets on the phone, moves up, and there's there's two ideal teams I think they could trade with. I think I think the Chargers at seventeen and the Eagles at eighteen, mm-hmm. especially if the Eagles get what they want at fifteen. Well, the Eagles have a couple of these. Eagles Eagles need a corner. And they, and they also want a wide receiver. But if, if they get the wide receiver at 15, they have two picks, 15 and, and 18. If they get the wide receiver at 15, I can see them trading back at eight, getting out of 18, um, moving back, and the Packers coming up. Or the Packers can go up with the Chargers and get ahead of the Eagles at, mm-hmm. at, at 18. Um, yeah, I, I think they're I, – you know, I, I know they haven't taken one since Javon Walker, you know, 2002 – um, there's been, you know, a lot of years when people thought they might take a wide receiver. I'll be honest. I never thought they needed, definitely needed a wide. I've always thought there was another, at least equal need as, 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 as wide receiver, because they've always had, at least, I mean, since Aaron Rodgers has been a quarterback, at least, or even when Favre, they've always had a true number one wide receiver. Whether it was Adams, mm-hmm. Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, um, they always they had one. So the guy they were dra- if, if if they were to take a wide receiver in the first round, he would have been a, a compliment to those guys. They need a wide receiver now. They, there's no doubt. There's no. They don't have a number one. Alan Lazard's not a number one wide receiver. Sammy Watkins, which I think was a great signing, especially for, for the value. I mean, they got him for next to nothing. Mm-hmm. He, and he could. I think he's going to be a good receiver for them. Um, but they don't have a true number one right now. They just not even close. So no, they have to go up. They have. I'm not buying this. They, 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 oh, they'll wait for the second round. They'll they'll take an offensive lineman in it. No, no, no. A hundred times no. <laughs> they have an offensive. Their offensive line is fine. Yeah, could they use some depth? Yes. Could they use a third edge rusher? Yes. Could they use depth on the defensive line? Yes. Depth. Everything I said there was depth. You can get depth in the second or third round. First round, you got to get a guy. You got to get a, a starter. Well, I don't think any any defensive lineman. Well, I shouldn't say any, but at twenty two or twenty eight, a defensive lineman probably isn't going to start. Right. A, an edge rusher certainly isn't going to start mm-hmm. over Gary and Smith. And I don't think an offensive lineman, unless he's somebody really good to fall. I mean, they're not getting Evan Neal. They're not getting Charles Cross. You know, so mm-hmm. no, get them. They got it. They have to come out of this with it, with one of those. I'll say top five wide receivers: Williams, Wilson, Alave, London, 
and uh, Burks. They got it. They have to get one of those five, I think. Yeah, and they had well, they had Traylon Burks in for a visit, so we know that they've talked to him. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. The Packers have drafted players that they didn't meet with at all in the past. I think I'll take it a step further, Mark, and I'll just say I think having as much capital as they have in the first two rounds, you can't bank on starters when you start getting into the late first round and beyond that. But I, I think they've got to make hay with what they've got at up front. They, they still have five picks in the first two, right? And so that should, that should net you, to me, that should net you at least two guys that are playing. They don't have to start because starting just means you're on the field for this first snap. Significant snaps on game day, whether they're, they're rotating in. And if that turns out to be, even if it ends up being fluky and one of them turns out to be a really good special teams player, well, the Packers need that too. So I think that's, that's really important. But I think we're all in agreement, right, that receiver is, mm-hmm. is going to be the thing, right? So just real quickly, not necessarily for the Packers, I just mean overall – Paul, who do you think the first receiver off the board is going to be? Ooh, good question. Off the board, probably go Garrett Wilson. Okay. Mark, who do you got? I, I agree. I got Wilson. You think it'll be Wilson? I think Wilson goes to the Jets at 10. Okay. All right. First, I mean, I, I guess I'll be Unless the... somebody gambles on Williams. Somebody could gamble on – if Williams wasn't hurt, there's no doubt in my mind he'd have been the first. So you don't think, but... you don't think you're not as high on London? On Drake London, I like I like London. I don't think that I, I like I personally like London a lot, but I think he's I think the teams like Wilson and Williams better. Jamison Williams, I think, is going to end up being like one of the biggest stories in the first round because he is still. I mean, it's almost like the ACL didn't even happen. You know, I mean, he's still so very highly regarded, and and I do think a team is going to going to trade up or move up and try to grab him for the future. In fact, I saw him. Mocked a couple times to Minnesota, which scares me make, a lot there. It's like they're make, trying to get ready to replace Thielen a year or two ahead of time, which is what they should do. Mm-hmm. And they've got a whole new GM there. And it's like, man, if, if that ends up happening and he ends up having the kind of career we think he's going to, and you pair him with Justin Jefferson, it's almost like you got Carter and Moss again in Minnesota for many years that you have to contend with. If Who's they, throwing the ball to him? That's right. That's, that's true. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a very good point. you got to have – you gotta have a good quarterback, but I I think they don't, yeah, have, they don't have Ram. They don't have Dante Culpepper anymore. Right, which is <laughs> there you go, zing! What a zing! Not a great zing. That's true. That's true. Well, they kind of do. He's just you know he's a little. I don't know if he's as big as Dante and and uh, but you know he's he's the guy that's there right now. But so is that's that's the whole wide receiver thing right there. And is, so if the Packers, because we talked about this before we started recording as well, so if the Packers are going to take a receiver with their first pick, then. Like you know, even if it's pie in the sky, I'm assuming both based on what you both said, Wilson won't be there because he'll be gone before the Packers would have a chance to trade up. So then, who who do you who do you want? I, I already know the answers, but our listeners haven't heard it yet. So Mark, we'll start with you. Who do you want if the Packers are taking a receiver with their first pick, whether it's at you know 16, 18, 22, 28, wherever it be? I want it. Well, good. I'm glad you went to me first because I know Paul and I. Once, <laughs> Paul and I. This is funny because I you know we we follow each other on Twitter. I agree with ninety percent of what what Paul puts up, um, but just ten percent hanging out there. I'm curious well, about always, that. Yeah, I can't agree. Now he's going to be some. I don't want Tyler Smith, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but other than that, um, no, I want Chris Olave. I want Chris Olave from Ohio State, I, and mainly because I think he's the most. I think he'll be the best rookie wide receiver. And even though I, I said Wilson will go first, and I think Williams is going to be great, 
But like we said, he has the ACL. He may miss a month of the season. Who knows how, how when he's going to be, be ready. Um, I think Alave, especially if the Green Bay Packers select Chris Alave, I would I would do one of those long-term wagers or what do they call it, advanced wagering, that he's a, that, that he wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Futures bet, yeah. Mm-hmm. Futures bet, thank you. Okay. I would bet that him that he wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. Sure. That's, I mean, a, that's how much I think of him. He's soaked from, again, from everybody I talk to, from everything I read and, and hear and watch, he's the most ready to play. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Packers, you know, and so you get, you you give Aaron Rodgers a ready-to-play rookie wide receiver, he, he can put up some, he, he may actually put up some, some pretty good numbers. I hope so. Well, I have, usually I have a guy that I like more than, than not. And I, this, this year I have so many guys I'd be happy with that I don't really have like a, Man, that would be the one A if they were able to draft him. Receiver wise, for me, it's kind of like that with with the receivers. So Jameson Williams and Chris Olave. If the Packers came away with either of those two guys, I would be equally happy with it. I think they would both be good for the Packers. It's just interesting to see if Green Bay would would value and take a guy that we're not sure is going to be ready to, to start the season. I know there's been a lot of different things out there that have reported about his progress and recovery, but with injuries and we're not doctors, it's really hard for us to know. So Paul, if it's you, who do you, who do you got? I'm trading up to 17 with the chargers to take Chris Olave. Uh, Mark, Mark hit all the big points. They need a go-to guy. They need someone who can step in and be the guy. Uh, Olave can play on the boundary inside. He can line up on the left side, right side. He can move around. It's considered by many analysts the best route runner in this class, can win off the line of scrimmage, can win at all three levels. He's the guy. You need a guy right now, and the Packers don't have one. And he just I just feel like he has such a high floor. Uh, you know, as Mark said, you know, it's Jamison Williams may end up having a better career, for example. Right. But you I just feel like you know what you're getting with Chris Olave, and it's that high floor, and that's what the Packers that's what they that's what they need right now. It feels like Olave's floor is wide receiver two, which if you look back in seven years, eight years, and he's your wide receiver two, like you're still gonna be happy with that, of course. But you know what you're getting. I think you'd be uh, very good in this Matt LaFleur offense, being able to move around the way you can win off the line of scrimmage. So yeah, that's that's my that's my guy at receiver. And then uh number two, I'd pick Jamison Williams just because of that upside. I know the he might not be ready for week one, which would obviously scare a lot of Packers fans given the state of the receiver room, but there's there's just too much talent there. And I think the Bakhtiari injury has some of us a little a little shaken by ACL injuries. But what happened to Bakhtiari, and first off, he's a tackle versus a receiver. You know, that 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 plays a factor in it in terms of recovery and all of that. Um, but what happened to Bakhtiari, that's the outlier more than the norm where mm-hmm. someone right. is going to take and it didn't help that his injury occurred at the very, very end of the 2020 season either. But that's the outlier, you know, ACLs nowadays, pretty much everyone can recover from them within a reasonable amount of time. If the Packers selected Williams. I would certainly expect him to be a part of this year's team. So that whole factor doesn't, doesn't play a huge you know, uh, role or factor in, in my decision-making and selecting them. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that was, it really was with Bakhtiari. I mean, the way that, that surgeries go, it's like, it takes a lot in, in today's age of modern medicine and everything that we know for something like that to occur. It can happen, but you know, you also haven't heard a lot of concern from either the player or the team, as far as whether he's going to be ready to go this next year. That didn't help in 2021, but we've moved on. We're on to 2022 now. And 
Rodgers and weapons and, and things to throw to, and, and obviously that's really important. There's been some talk about, well, is Rodgers even going to fu- you know function well with a rookie? I mean, how many years left does he have left to play? It's going to take him a whole year to just get comfortable enough to throw the ball to a guy. We all know that he's got to be comfortable throwing a football to a receiver, all that kind of stuff there too. But as we look a little bit further ahead here, there's the, you know, there's the, the whole idea of value. If you move into the second round, there's a lot of receivers. Surely one of these guys might fall into the second round. May the Packers decide they could move back and get some value and take some additional swings. And then we haven't had a chance to talk about our reaction to the news that apparently the Packers are interested in acquiring Raiders tight end Darren Waller. There's been some conversations between them and the team reportedly. I don't, we don't know how much you know smoke, the fire there is to the smoke that we're seeing there, but it's been reported, and we know that the Packers seemingly wanted Waller in the Adams trade originally but couldn't include a player because of how Adams was tagged. So you've got those second-round assets. You're in, you're in the value spot. Mark, first of all, is there a player that you're like, hey, keep an eye on X player in the second round? Maybe it is like a George Pickens, for example, or maybe it's somebody else. And are you willing to part with one of those premium second round picks if that's what it takes to bring in Waller and conceivably solve a lot of the tight end position right now? Yeah, but, well, I'll answer your second question first. Yes, I would trade a second round pick for Darren Waller. Um, I believe... I I certainly believe that when the Packers talk to the Raiders and when, and in dealing with Devontae Adams, that that's what they wanted. They wanted a one in Waller. And then they, they found out they could, that because of the, like you said, because of the tag, you can't, because Adams hadn't signed his tag yet. You can't trade, which is a really dumb rule. What's the difference? I don't understand that, but um, they, they couldn't trade him for a player. They had to just get picks. Um, but I don't know if they're – I mean, the Raiders have kind of shot this down a little bit. Um, I would do it. I would I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, I believe – and it's funny. I had, to, I had this conversation with, a, with an old friend the other day about the whole tight end position. And with wide receiver salaries going the way they are, you know, Adam's making a crazy money and Tyreek Hill getting crazy money and – if you get a tight end who's like going to be maybe like your top guy, you're paying him half what you're paying wide receivers these days. And you can, and if you look at the la- other than last year, not not the Rams because they didn't they really didn't use a tight end as often as they they had Cup and and Odell and before that Woods and um, you know all that. But the the prior years you had. Start with the Eagles winning the Super Bowl in, in 17. Their top receiver that year was Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. Then you tight had end. tight end. Then you had New, New England with Gronk. Then you had Kansas City with Kelsey. I know they had Hill and all that, but Kelsey is the guy, was, you know, was the main guy. And then, and then you had Tampa Bay with Gronk again. <laughs> so, I mean, if you have a big-time tight end, you don't you, – your wide receivers can be – a rookie and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb and Sammy White. I mean, a guy like Waller would, would really put this offense up another level. I mean, he, he's that good, I think. And, um, and like I said, you pay him, even if, even if you redo his deal and you get the big time tight, a big time tight end contract is still half of a big time wide mm-hmm. receiver contract. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm all for, 
getting a big time t- tight end. And then, okay, what about your value value picks or any any guys you think might be in a sweeter spot in two? At wide receiver or any, we, I guess any position too, because we haven't we don't I don't want to leave defense out because yeah, you know we well, talked a little bit before the thing. show about the safety position and the defensive backs too. So I mean anybody. Well, here's here's what I, here's my thing, and I, and I like I said I agree with Paul. If they have to move up to get Alave, all right. So what the, if it cost them whatever, whatever it cost to, to move up and get him? At twenty eight, I might move back mm-hmm. and, and and get that pick back. If you want to do that, I mean, unless somebody falls, unless, unless there's a guy you love at 28, because I think, I think 28 and 38, there, isn't, there isn't that much of a difference. Um, I, I mean, there's a bunch of guys I like. I love the safety from from Georgia, Lewis Seen. Mm-hmm. Now he he could go bottom first. I wouldn't. I think I wouldn't mind him at 28, to be honest with you. But um, some people have him, you know, early second round. Um, a lot of those defensive tackles. The kid Jones from from UConn, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind him in the second round. Mathis from Alabama, I wouldn't mind in the second round. Kind of thing. If you if we're back to wide receiver, I I mean, I I think you might be. You know, he, he probably is a low second round now. Is the kid from Cincinnati, Pierce? Mm-hmm. I think he's a perfect Green mm-hmm. Bay Packer. I think he's I think he's a better Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yep. There's been a lot of lot of talk about him. Well, we talked about him, right? Right, and we, we about about him and his connection to the Packers and it just seemed, and there's been a lot of, a lot of uh, mocks and a lot of, a lot of people that have said he's, he's very much a, a Packers type. Paul, what about you as far as round two, the Waller situation and, and do you part with that asset? And then who are your guys in round two that hit that sweet spot where you're thinking like, Hey, the Packers might be able to score some really good value there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, as far as Waller, I mean, if it took a second rounder, I would absolutely do it. it kind of feels like they're playing with house money, right? I mean... Yeah. You get two firsts, a second, Darren Waller. Like that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. And we know the 
Packers need some juice to this offense. I mean, this is a bit of an outside-the-box way to get that juice from what we were thinking, whether it come through the draft with a receiver or I know trading for one of you know uh, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, that crew has been speculated on, although I don't think that's possible from a cap perspective. But Darren Waller can provide that as well. He's averaging over 100 targets per season over the last uh, three years, and he's played 25 percent of his snaps on the boundary another 28 from in the slots over 50 percent of his snaps have come from those you know more traditional receiver roles the slot or the boundary compared to just just compared to being in line so yeah and mark just went all the tight ends that you went through that are you know were true difference makers on those super bowl teams Ertz and kelsey it's perfect example um so yeah it doesn't have to be a receiver darren waller could absolutely you know provide that playmaking juice that they need and from a cap perspective he has two years left on his deal and his salary in each of those two years is six and a quarter million like that's very very you know the packers even in their cap situation if they had to you know absorb that this season without any reworking of it they absolutely could and that's the big difference between like Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf. Those guys are on rookie deals, so their figure this year is very uh, manageable, very team-friendly. But they're going to want extensions, and we're seeing what those wide receiver contracts are looking like. And so bringing in Waller, even if you have to give him an extension, you know, and that pays him close. I think Kittle's getting the most at $15 million a year for a tight end. Say you have to give him 13 for example, you know, you could still absorb that over the coming years mm-hmm. in this year as well, even with the Packers cap situation. So it just checks a lot of boxes and makes a ton of sense for the for the Packers and just kind of their need, but also making it work financially. And then what about so if in the sweet spot there in the second round, are you still it seems like the Packers are kind of we're talking a lot about them stocking up on offense. What about D, is is there another offensive player? Are we maybe looking at offensive linemen at that point in, in two or are there any defensive players that you think the Packers might also look to add? I mean, still hanging in round one. I like uh, I like Daxton Hill as a as an option at safety for Green Bay. He's incredibly versatile, and I know I've talked about how having an additional slot presence could provide them some real value and flexibility because even if Jair ends the season taking the most slot snaps, that's not where he's going to play. He's going to follow the top receiver. He's going to move around. They're not just going to pigeonhole him there. And right now, when you look at the rest of the roster in terms of slot experience, it is very, very little. Even Shamar John Charles, who's a slot corner with the Packers, he was a boundary corner at App State. So there's still that not that, not that they couldn't figure it out. They have three very good cornerbacks, but there's still that lack of, experience playing there Daxton Hill could provide that Jalen Petrie another safety from Baylor he spent a ton of his time there playing down in the box and as we look ahead to 2023 the only safety under contract is Vernon Scott so that's one of those positions that's on my radar within the first two rounds you know having four selections that I can see the Packers taking um Round two, tight end could potentially be, you know, if Trey McBride's there or they're high on Greg Dulcich, for example. You know, those are all options. Defensively, Jerry Montgomery, the interior defensive line coach, mentioned that they want to add a pass rush presence to that interior defensive line. Basically, the way I took it as a compliment for TJ Slayton. You know, of course you have Kenny Clark. Slayton's your run stuffer. We need need someone who can get after the quarterback. Uh, Logan Hall from Houston can play up and down the defensive front. Perry and Winfrey from Oklahoma. He fits that. He fits that mold as well. And then edge rusher, uh, you know, maybe in the back end of the first round, you know, Mark, Mark is not 
necessarily the biggest fan of George Karlaftis, but you know that big presence. You can move him into the you can move him into the the middle of the defensive front. Uh, Drake Jackson, you know, maybe he's someone who's available from USC in that second round. But that's the hard part, you know, as we're going because I'm going through these names that I like and kind of where we've seen. But as we all know, as we do the mock drafts, that's a lot different than how the NFL board may fall because, you know, Logan Hall, who in a lot of the different mock drafts that you use is he's pretty much always there in the fifties when Green Bay's picking if you're doing them. But I think he's very much a potential. I could see him being picked 28 for the Green Bay Packers as well. I think the Packers have a lot of, a lot of targets and things on their mind that they want to get done this draft. And it could be a little reversal of what we've seen in the past where maybe, and I know that, that, you know, we're, we're past the days of Ted Thompson being the GM and Brian Gutekunst has been aggressive and moved around in every draft that he's drafted in so far, especially early. But it's it's always been this idea of let let the first round come to you and then maneuver around and get your second and third round picks and make sure you stop on that value. And I think it could be the opposite this year where it's like, go get your impact guy in the first round, Mark. Like you said, they've got to, if you have to find a starter, then you better make sure you're using the premium assets and you're getting your guy. If you have somebody that's going to come in and play, then you better have done your due diligence and know exactly who you want and do everything you can to get that guy. If it just doesn't work out, then you have to pivot and figure something else out. But you do that, but I think in the second round, you let some let, let the board come to you. Now, I know that they have things they want to do, like you mentioned Paul's safety. That's one I'm really looking at. I think the Packers are going to come out of this with two safeties. Everyone's talking about two or three receivers. I think they're going to come out with a couple of safeties. They just don't have a lot in the stable there long term. And they're going to want to try to find players that can fill these important positions that are likely to start, which means you've got to pick them high. And then you're going to have these small contracts on the books and the Packers are going to be in good position to play in free agency for a couple of years. And if there's a quarterback transition, you keep the team viable. You don't have to blow the whole thing up and start all over again. I think with the Waller thing, what's interesting about that is that Devontae Adams is in, going into his ninth season in the NFL and the Packers, he's still the best receiver in all of football, but if he ends up coming in and the Packers get a deal done and they, they end up swapping that second round pick or whatever it be, isn't it a little bit interesting to, that the Packers end up, trading the best receiver to a team for a guy that could arguably be, I mean, he's not really, I mean, he's still got Kittle and Kelsey, but one of the best tight ends who's young uh, or younger, I guess. Cause what is, is he 28 Waller's what? 28, 29. I think he's a year younger than Adam. So he's a year. So he's a year younger. So the Packers end up getting a, they end up getting one of the best, you know, pass catchers at that position and they move back a year or two in age, which I think would be would be great in theory if if that ends up working out. I mean, I, I as you guys were talking through it, I was thinking about how, man, it's been a while since we've seen the tight end be impactful. Like when Jermichael Finley was at his peak and he was healthy, that was such a big factor of the Packers offense that we just haven't seen in almost a decade. It's been all receivers and they've got, you know, running backs catching passes now. I think that would that would be a big get for Green Bay if they can if they can pull it off. But I'm always leery when there's a lot of reports that come out because a lot of the stuff that Green Bay ends up doing or decides to do kind of tends to come out of nowhere. We just we find out that it's done. We find out that the deal was done and they announce it a day or two later. There isn't a lot of, you know, buzz. There's that word, Mark, that you love <laughs> ahead of time. And uh, you're Mike, right. No, Mike you're Clements, right Mike Clements tweeted out earlier this week and, and was saying, hey, this, you know, it's, it's hard to believe it was eight years ago, little actually a little over eight years ago. When we all woke up on a Saturday morning and we saw a tweet of Julius Peppers standing on Lambeau mm-hmm. Field and not a single word had been spoken about or written about it up to that point, it just, bam, there he was. 
at Lambeau Field and Bears fans had to deal with it and Packers fans were jumping for joy and it turned out to be turned out to be a pretty good deal. So that's the other thing too is with all these draft assets, we're talking about all these players and there's still a chance the Packers may end up making a deal for a guy that's in the league right now. I don't know that, I mean, I don't want to put us on the spot and say, who do you think they could potentially trade for? Because it's it's hard to say. And there's gonna I think there's going to be a lot of that maneuvering around too uh, later today, which is going to be a lot of fun. Because that is not something we saw a lot of. Mark, you've mentioned it a bunch of times too. Trading was like non-existent in the NFL up until a couple of years ago. And now things are just, they're different. They're changing. And Well, this, yeah, this offseason, look at what we've seen so far. You've had four starting quarterbacks traded mm-hmm. this offseason. You've had the two of the top five receivers in football traded this offseason. Mm-hmm. Do you think this draft is going to be boring? No. <laughs> no. no. This, the NFL thinks it's the NBA now. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to, it's going to be, it's going to be wild. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think this, I don't, I don't think the top five picks, well, I think that I think Jacksonville, um, Detroit, Houston, the New York Jets, and the New York Giants will pick one, two, three, four, five. But after that, I think every pick from six to ten could be traded. Carolina will. I will. I will tell you this right now: the Carolina Panthers will not make the sixth pick in the draft. That pick is getting traded whether it's to the Philadelphia Eagles, the New Orleans Saints, the Washington, whatever they call themselves. Somebody, Carolina is not, there's, they don't, you know, Carolina picks six. They don't pick again till Saturday. They want, they need extra picks in between there. And they probably also want a quarterback, but there's no reason to take any of these quarterbacks at six. So they can move down into the teens, pick up an extra second and an extra four, or whatever else, whatever they can get, and still get the quarterback and get those extra picks back. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, I think six is definitely getting traded. I think Atlanta at eight, they have they need a lot of things. I think they'll be happy to move from eight to somewhere in the middle and pick up extra picks. Um, Seattle and Seattle never they never they move back every year. <laughs> they never stay where they are. So that's another pick that could get moved back. So I, yeah, I I think there's going to be there's going to be all kind of things happening tonight. And I think some players may get moved as well. But yeah. maybe like Darren Waller, you know, is Debo going to get traded? I don't know if he'll be a his. He's kind of a, an interesting one. It's been so much has been said about it, and I don't know how much has been worked out or is is happening. Uh-huh. But this is where things heat up on, on draft day because there's this is when it's real. I mean, if you want that asset that's known from the other team, today's the last day for you to do it because if that pick gets used, now you're now you're projecting and you're now you're waiting till next year. If you're getting draft well, picks, or- and now you don't know where teams are going to finish. Or has a deal already been worked out? Right. And the Niners don't want it out until they're on the clock. Right. I think a lot of times and, 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 I think a lot of times that happens and it does with the Packers too. They seem to have these like I said, they have these things worked out and then we find out about it in real time. Well here's an you know, there was a report earlier today, and I don't I don't think it's I don't I'm not sure of the credibility of the of the report, but it's it, it is out there that I mentioned the Atlanta Falcons at, at number eight. Yeah, they're eight, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Apparently, again, I don't know who this is according to. It's a guy at base in Atlanta, I assume, that the Atlanta Falcons really like Jordan Love. I, I don't did, know if you either. I did see that. Either, yeah, yeah, I did. I did see that. And if they do listen, if if the price is right, I don't think any of us are married to Jordan Love 
at this point. If the price is right, then you know just get get the get the assets. Because listen, when they drafted Jordan Love, the plan with Aaron Rodgers was not what it is today. So there's no way the Packers don't entertain that or shouldn't be entertaining right. that they should. If they have to start over, they probably already they probably already considered if they have to start over where they would want to begin that process if they had to. So what can you? What would Atlanta offer if Atlanta? You know, Atlanta really wants them that badly. What? What can the Packers get? I don't know what they have. I don't. I mean, I don't think you're getting the first rounder for Jordan Love. I don't know what they're. Oh my they're, God! Num- number eight. <laughs> well, no. Well, that and that's would, the other that thing is I. I didn't remember if they had another late pick in the first either because nah, I, I know that all. a lot of teams sometimes have later picks. Not eight, obviously not eight, but but I also don't know what they have in the second round. I mean, I would imagine the eighth I, pick in the second round. I, assume, I don't. Right? Yeah. Well, and see, I think that Seymour. might be a little bit too too rich as well. I don't know if Atlanta. Atlanta would want something back with Love if they're going to do if they're going to give up that that pick um but i i mean if it's if it's me and that's that's what it is i would i would do that paul what's your take on the whole jordan love and trade value um if it's a third or better i'd do it actually the they have the 11th pick of the second round atlanta <clears throat> still pretty high i i don't think he's getting traded i think he's gonna be a green bay packer in 2022 but if i were gming and i got a third round pick or better, I would, I would do it. Yeah. Well, you just want your brother-in-law to be number two, <laughs> a third. QB Paul two. is gonna, Paul is gonna curse the Packers with another third-round pick. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't right. Want... Well, no, I'm, I'm actually helping them and getting an extra, extra opportunity third so they can move up out of there <laughs> well, and package those. And days. there you go. Right. Of course. Yeah. No, I, I listen. If Atlanta, if the report is accurate, and again, I don't, I don't know the credibility of the guy reporting. I never heard of him. Um. But and I'm not I'm not saying he's not credible. I just don't know him. Um, if Atlanta really, if, if Atlanta is the one instigating this, if they're calling the Packers, I want that 11th pick in the second round. At word, I mean, I don't know. I'm, they're ain't good enough. If you you're calling me, you want them that badly. Give me that 11th pick in the second round. Sure. I mean, there's no way there's no way they can do 22 in love for for eight, can they? I wouldn't think so. No, and I, and nah, I was just, right? <laughs> no, and I was just I was just thinking too. As far as uh, the uh, second round, like second round picks recently too, if if that's what they're they're willing to give up. I mean, I know the Packers have done well uh, two of the last three years in picking up starting offensive linemen. I mean, obviously Elton Jenkins, they really hit the jackpot there. And then they it was AJ Dillon in in twenty twenty and he's not an offensive lineman but he still seems like a really good pick there so like the second round is is that that sweet spot so if if the and especially if the if they can get a top fifteen another top fifteen that now they've got that would give them four if they don't trade any of their seconds for prior to that that would that would give them four total second round picks but I you'd have to imagine if they're going to maneuver later today then they're going to be probably having to use some of those twos if they want to move maybe- up in the first round. Maybe they do. I don't. You know, if you're saying the, you know, that Atlanta second round pick is a little, is a little much, which I don't think it is. But maybe Love and the Packers throw in one of their fourth round picks mm-hmm. to go to get the second. Yeah, they'd have to throw in a little, another asset or two to make I mean, it worthwhile. But it's I possible. Mean, I mean, I've said a long time ago, and I wrote the story a long time ago, where a scout told me that Love is better than any quarterback in in, in this draft. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's worth more than than we think. Mm-hmm. I yeah. imagine he. I imagine his value is higher within the NFL than it is on the outside looking in. It could get. It, I could, mean, get, it could get really interesting because it could be a situation where 
Paul's brother-in-law is the backup quarterback. And then you have another Tim Boyle situation where it's like, you really hope the backup doesn't play. <laughs> if, if he, if he has to, I mean, you could do, you could, you could do worse than Kurt Bankert, but I haven't seen him play in an NFL game in live action against a team Nobody that's has. trying. And so it's, he kneels. You guys really are forgetting well. about the knee hurt around. Yeah, the world. right. He's, he kneels really well, but we have not seen he, him. We have not seen him play anything significant. Here, here's, here's my opinion on that. If they trade love and I don't, I really don't want to trade love, but if they, tra- if, if the deal is too good to pass up, if it's, if it's the Godfather thing, right? Make me an offer. I can't refuse. So they, and, and they get whatever. I don't know. Atlanta gives them way over, like it blows us away. Right. So, all right. I signed Nick Foles. Is he, he's free agent. I, I signed Nick Foles. I let Rogers play the regular season and go 13 and four. I play Foles in the playoffs because he never he, he never <laughs> right. loses the guy. The guy don't lose playoff games. <laughs> yeah, it's Trey Burton Aaron, floating around uh, out there Aaron, too. Aaron, thanks a lot. You know, good. Now you take a, you know Nick's going to play the playoffs for us because kind of like baseball, <laughs> you got your starter and then you go to the bullpen. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Nick's the closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Going to be a lot of fun. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's gonna get really really interesting really fast. And in fact, by the time everybody's listening to this show because obviously as you know we recorded on uh, Wednesday evening by the time everyone is listening to this show we may already know things that we haven't Mm -hmm. talked about yet because you will wake up and we'll start hearing and now and don't forget last week Mark reminded us all it's very true lying season and lying week and all the all the smoke screens and we probably haven't seen the last of them I mean last draft last year on draft day and I'm not even talking about the Schefter thing I'm just I'm just saying on draft day that's where we start hearing about smoke screens and all of a sudden it's all these pivots and this team is now it's this team to, you know, look out for this player to this team when we haven't heard it at all up to that point. And we've seen it go both ways where it ends up being complete fluff. And there's other times where it ends up being true. I remember back in 2016. Now I was, this is when I was doing some writing for Cheesehead, and I was covering the draft and had the first pick and Al Jersey Al actually came up with uh, Kenny Clark was hot to the Packers earlier in the day. And that ended up, actually ended up being the pick. So that's where it, that's where it gets kind of fun when we hear the buzz and stuff that's related to our own team. And then it ends up coming true. And it's like, Oh, okay. I guess there was a little something to that. There's just, there's so much going on because the Packers have the needs that they do because of the number of assets that they have. And they've got, they've actually got a lot to work with. Whereas usually it's like, well, you know, they're picking 28. They only have one pick. How are they going to move up into a decent spot with, assets that are less than first rounders to, to pack it together unless you want to give up a, a future one. And it, the Packers aren't really big on giving up future ones and twos. That's just not how Goody operates. So um, any final thoughts on the draft? Any last-minute pontifications or anything that we think may happen before we sign off and let everybody enjoy what is the 2022 NFL draft? It is finally here. Mark, we'll start with you. Yeah, one name we haven't mentioned, um, who I like a lot if they stay at 28, uh, talking about an edge rusher, is the kid from Penn State, Arnold. I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Is it Ebikati? Ebikati? I think it's like Ebikati. Ebikati, that's how you say it. Mm-hmm. But you know what I meant. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine, you know, nine sacks last year at Penn State. He's um, I talked to some people about him, and they say they, they think he's perfect as a stand-up 3-4 linebacker. Um, you know, the Packers do need one of them. They, they need a third guy behind Gary and, and Preston Smith. Um, I think this guy would be a 
ideal, and I think that's where he goes. I think he's going to go somewhere between. I think if I think if Green Bay doesn't, if he doesn't go before twenty eight, I think Kansas City will. I think he's the kind of guy Kansas City likes at twenty nine or thirty. So I and that that's his that's I think that that's his range, like you know, bottom at first. <clears throat> that's a guy that I think would 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 be a very good good fit. That yeah, that that's and defense, right? Impact defensive players, and that's the other interesting thing too. If the Packers think they need to address the edge group, because you got Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, and you know, so if they want to address that early, then the whole wide receiver theory could be out the window if they have to move up, not for a receiver, but for an impact edge player, and hope that they can get some more value at receiver a little bit later. Paul. Any final thoughts on the draft or any other players that you wanted to mention, talk about? We haven't talked about any punters and kickers yet. Are we sure we don't want to throw down any punter or kicker news <laughs> before we sign off? Long snapper first. Long snapper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll just briefly discuss article I had over at Dairyland Express. I started with over 50 players. I just use the Draft Network's big board. And using their athletic testing, age, and the position that they play, I whittled that list down to eight players. And so I'll just go over them briefly. These are my eight targets for the Green Bay Packers. The RAS score, 27 out of Goody's 33 picks have scored eight or higher. So that was the benchmark. Age, in the first round since 2009, Packers haven't drafted anyone uh, over 22. And and since 2015, Eric Stokes is the only 22-year-old. Every other first-round pick has been 21. So for this exercise, I use 21 as the benchmark. And then maybe eliminated a few players that could be on the Packers board. But when a player is a month away from turning 23, is that do they value that different than someone who's a month into turn who just turned 22? So I just tried to eliminate some of the, you know, my own judgment going into there. So I just went with 21 years old and then the position they play interior offensive line, running back linebacker tight end those are traditionally not positions the Packers draft in the first round of course did have to make a switch though I took out quarterback we know they draft those in the first round I put in receiver just given the need and so when I went through all that and then I eliminated the the top 10 from the draft network's big board so Aiden Hutchinson Trayvon Walker those guys just uh just because odds are they aren't going to be there at 22 and I came up with these nine players who fit the criteria Daxton Hill uh, safety for Michigan, Tyler Smith, offensive tackle, Tulsa, Chris Olave, David Ojabo, edge rusher, Michigan, Trent McDuffie, corner from Washington, George Karlaftis, edge rusher, Purdue, Kair Elam, cornerback, Florida, and Logan Hall, interior defensive lineman, Houston. Oh, and George Pickens from Georgia. So those are my nine. That's my short list of nine targets for the Packers in round one. We'll see if we get any right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Pickens, I like the way he plays. Physical. He's got a lot of grit to him. I think the Packers could benefit from that. We'll see if he ends up being the type of pro that you hope that he can be. But a willing blocker, do some of the dirty work and things like that. Wouldn't mind that. But that's a great list, Paul. And I think that's that's the other thing is we get so stuck in hearing all these names and mock drafts, but really there's a, there's a science to it that we can't, we can't just throw out the window and we can't ignore. Uh, and Mark, I think we talked a little bit about that last week too and, and different body types and different skill types that, that the GM likes. I mean, you, you, have to, you have to look at the patterns, right? And you can't just ignore what they've done in the past and what they like. Yeah, he also likes big schools mm-hmm. in the first round. That's mm-hmm. why my, my one beef, not beef, but the one name I would take off. And they, they may they take him. I could be wrong, but I don't see the Packers <laughs> taking a, a kid from Tulsa in the first mm-hmm. round. Yeah, that's a I good mean, point. I, I mean, I think they, they tend to go SEC, Big Ten, ACC. I would take a Jabo off the list, too, because of that terrible, terrible injury mm-hmm. that he suffered. I mean, that could really – that's a bad injury. Um, mm-hmm. It's a shame. I think he – I don't think he would have been around at 22 or 28 if he hadn't gotten hurt. I think he would have been off the board. Um, now, I mean, who, who knows where he's going to go and how it's going to he, – he, he could be like the kid at the Packers um, – like, why, why can't I think of his name? The linebacker that Dallas took that the Packers brought in for a week or two last year. Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith from Notre Dame. I mean, he was a top five pick, and he, he got hurt in the bowl game and fell to the second round and then was – he had a he did okay. He had some some moments in Dallas, but was never really the same player that he was prior to that injury. And I, I just have a bad feeling that that, that terrible, stupid injury in a in a pro day workout. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just I mean that's just terrible. Um, it, it might have ruined the kid's whole. Who knows? I mean, it cost him a ton of money already because he would have been, like I said, I think he, he'd have been a top fifteen pick. And now who knows where he's going to go? But right. Um, it'll be, it's, you know, every time we think we have Gutenkunz figured out though, he sometimes mm-hmm. throws a curveball at us last year. Yep. <laughs> Basically every year. And one other thing I want to add, uh, uh, Jamison Williams, Drake London, they meet the first two playing receiver age. Um, I just left them off cause we didn't have any athletic testing for them. At least when I had done the article, I know London had his pro day recently. And again, those guys like that are probably very much on the Packers board, but I was just trying to be very, you know, decisive with here's the number. Did they make it or did they not? Just because my goal was just to put together. My goal was to keep it under 10. Yeah, I think that's those are all good points and good lists, and there's good good reasons and science behind them to go along with it. As they say, show your work when you're doing your math. So, well, good conversation. And as as we all know, you know, it may turn out that nothing that we talked about today ends up happening as far as this, this next couple of days. But Probably. we're only a couple hours. We're only a couple hours away from finding out. It's been a good conversation. Glad everyone could ride along with us. And we ended up getting the draft day show. So that's kind of fun having us move from the Saturday show to Thursday just in time for the NFL draft, which is this huge extravaganza. And it should be in Green Bay in a couple of years, but it's not. So we'll deal with that another time. That's another topic for another day. But we know the draft is happening this weekend. So I would imagine that's probably going to guide a lot of what we see from uh, both of you gentlemen as far as written work. Mark, what's up right now? What's coming up? Uh, what's up right now on Packer Report is I look back at the last five years um, 
of the 22nd and 28th picks and what those guys, who they, you know, who was taken 22nd, who was taken 28 and, and what they've done just as a little per perspective on what kind of player falls to 22 and 28. And then um, coming up later today, or if, depending what time you're listening to us, it's probably up already is my mock draft. I only do one and I do it the day of the draft. So I'm not going to tell you who I have the Packers taken. You have to go and find <laughs> out yourself. And then I got to add something else. Um, I've done this the last couple, well, um, almost every year since I've retired, since I've retired. Uh, but my old boss at NJ.com brings me back um, to help out with draft coverage. So tomorrow or tonight, I'll be doing a live um, pick by pick analysis. So as the, when Jacksonville takes whoever they, they take, I'll be saying, you know, this guy fits well, great pick. Jacksonville's on its way back or what the hell are they thinking about? You know, <laughs> and, uh, and I'll do it for the entire first round. So it'll be, it'll Very be, cool. and, and it's up there live on nj.com. That'll be awesome. A lot to look forward to there. It's always, always good. And the historical pieces are good too, looking back and, and seeing what's happened. Those are always fun to read through and, and hope that the Packers can find some good success where they're picking. And then Paul, for you, I would imagine it's probably going to be a lot of draft recapping and tracking undrafted free agents and the, and the like. Yeah, that's pretty much it. So head over to Dairyland Express. Um, it's called my draft guide. I, I compiled probably nine or 10 articles just from the last four or six weeks that I feel kind of encapsulate this draft process. Um, I have three of them devoted to what it looks like if the Packers traded up from 22, traded up from 28, or traded back from 28. They use the Rich Hill model, which is based off of Jimmy Grant, or Jimmy Johnson's um, trade value chart, just to put together scenarios. If they moved up to 13, what could that trade look like? If they moved up to 15, so on and so on. Um, I have my shortlist article there. Uh, like I said, there's a handful out there, so check that out. And then this weekend as the draft goes, um, I started this last year, and I really liked it and got good feedback. I'll just kind of have my in – after as many picks, I'm going to try to hit all of them. But I'll just have like an instant takeaways um, article from the pick, just my quick thoughts. It's going to be bullet point style, quick, easy to read. My goal is to get it up as quickly as possible once the um, pick is in. And then as we progress into next week, we'll obviously start diving deeper. Yeah, awesome. And then quick slants podcast out on Monday for me, and that'll be obviously a recap of the weekend that was. As far as the Packers draft picks, we'll see how many there are to go through undrafted free agents and then the Packers will turn their attention to anything that's left of free agency then we've got the June 1st deadline and they move into the other mini camps and then we start uh, trying to figure out who's going to be on this team when training camp breaks in the summer so good conversation guys thanks so much happy draft day to everybody else that's out there enjoy it try not to melt down too much when the Packers don't take any of the players that were mocked <laughs> to them or when they that go you had defense a, defense yeah on your own big board just trust the process as they say Goody's done well for the Packers and he's got to look a little bit beyond this year as well so everyone enjoy the draft have a good time and as always stay safe and go pack go
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.